That's good. Good to be here. Beats where I was last week, <laughs> for sure. Um, so good to have you. I wanted to quickly, uh, Scott had asked me, uh, the men's breakfast is not going to be this Saturday, but the Saturday after on the 11th, be right here at TLC. Donation of $5 is what they're suggesting. If you don't have that, don't worry about it, but um, that's just the suggested, you know, and they're going to do the breakfast here in two weeks. So, okay, got that out of the way. We're glad to, uh, to be here. I ask PK to uh, come up here with me. I'm sitting in this chair and stool because she's forcing me to do that. So, you would have got a Facebook Live ICU service. Not even kidding, guys. Because so I'd already asked. I'm like, can welcome. we just do it from here? <laughs> I got my phone. I already did my notes. She's like, you are not. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, just to, you know, I wanted to say, let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. So appreciative of our headship, uh, pastors Gary and Drenda from Faith Life Church in New Albany. Um, uh, they're just not only amazing friends, but it, it kind of helps, um, not that I think they wanted to have to do that, but um, it helps to know that we just don't, aren't fly by night. We do have uh, accountability and a headship, and they were just gracious, and pastor gave that, you know, that message that you know, I was fine, and I would be back, and obviously I am and am. Um, and then uh, enjoyed the message that they sent that we could show and the video that went with that. Did you get to see that, all that were here? That was awesome. Um, and, and Pastor's just exactly who you think he is. He's just that genuine, just that, and Pastor Drinda as well. They love people, and they love seeing people succeed, and we are honored, actually, to have them as our executive board. So it helps us as a church to know, you know, and we're thankful that God did what he did and protected me and all that. Um, and uh, we're, but, it, but it's good to know that the Lord has got this, man. This thing isn't built on me. It's built on Christ. And uh, so it never needs to be built on me. But I, I, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm glad to be here. So, uh, so, so as long as you know that, um, I'm not taking that for granted. But I know I brought PK up here if she wanted to, to share anything. Yeah, I have so much on my heart. Um, I don't know. Where to start, which is odd for me. <laughs> um, I just, what I want to do, what we want to do, I want to speak about <laughs> the times we're going through. First of all, we all know that God protected him, and, and God was there in that room, and there was peace, and he is here because God is a healer. But right now, I don't know how you're all feeling, you know, with everything that's going on in the world. There's just one thing right after the other. And at first, it's kind of like a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, there's a meme going around that's, you know, from Back to the Future and the Doc and Marty. And, and the Doc's like, whatever you do, Marty, don't go back to 2020. <laughs> For real. <laughs> because... Marty! I'm like, <laughs> when are the locusts coming? I don't even know. And then I heard there are... There's, but anyway... Hey, <laughs> I heard that. Never mind. Uh, sandstorm coming. That's what you're talking about. I'm just saying. Yeah. But but if and I all, I know that you know. But we need to be aware. The times they are a change, and then they've already changed. And what we knew before, we're not going to go back to. And this is something. And I don't mean this in a flippant way. Um, but when this, oh boy, I don't even know at what point whether it was. The frogs, the flies, the whatever, you know, the COVID, the whatever. At one point, 
I remember where I was, and I heard this. Cute Christianity is over. So cute Christianity. I don't know what that means to you. If it was cute before, it ain't no more. Um, and it she shouldn't. should be a slogan maker. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, it never should have been. But now's the time. We need to draw lines in the sand. If you read in Revelation about, you know, the churches, um, the seven churches that um, get spoken to, the first one, you know, God was pleased with. There was another one that said you, you have lost your first love. There was another that said you put up with, you know, the spirit of Jezebel and, and just different things that are ungodly. Anyway, my point is this. We're, you know, you should not be afraid. You should not be intimidated. And I'm not saying that, oh, my gosh, look at this stuff. And don't, we don't stick our heads in the sand. But there are things going on. And God wants us to be aware. And a couple weeks ago, he spoke to me through the scripture. And I never, I feel like it's for the times for me. So I do feel to share this. I was riding the stationary bike. And I was listening to uh, Pastor Gary and Drenda do a daily faith update and she's, she's quoted the scripture, don't look to the right or to the left. And immediately, do you ever have when a scripture is read like you have never heard it that way before? I felt like it was a shot of, you know, just a shot of, oh my gosh. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, so I hope this witnesses to you. Don't look to the right, the Republican Party, and don't look to the left, the Democratic Party. And certainly, you know, when we go to vote, we want to vote. That's not what I'm saying, but right now, Right now, we have some time, and, and with everything that's flying, you know, Pastor and I were having a conversation. I said, honey, I didn't do this, but I really believe you could do this. You could probably Google anything, and it would come up, and you could find someone to support your opinion. Like, if you wanted to worship apples, I'll bet you there's a church of the apples out there. You know, I'm just being facetious, but kind of not. But with everything, whatever you want, whatever you stand against in your own flesh, you can find something, somebody's speech, some meme, something. You know why? Because there's division. So at this time, and this is a call to the church, to our church, I don't want you to look to the right or to the left right now. I want you to look to Jesus because his word, he is the truth teller. Right now, there's a lying spirit and a spirit of fear that's going all around. And, you know, when we're afraid, we do things that we would normally not do. So I want you to hunker down. And again, this isn't to be afraid, but this is like the truth of God's word. It has to speak to you. You have to listen. What is Jesus saying? Not this one, not that one, not my best friend, not my worst enemy. What is Jesus saying right now? Because it is his word that will stand. Well, that's kind of why we, I had this message prepared uh, before the heart attack. And, uh, and so they already had the notes uh, for it. And, um, you know, it, it is one of those, we need truth, man. We need truth. And I believe because our church has, has voiced, we are going after God, um, kind of in what she said, we're not trying to be cute Christians, although, you know, we just want to do what he says whether some people view it as cute or whatever. And basically, that's just saying we're not going to please man. We're not just trying to be seeker-friendly. We're trying to just do what God wants us to do in the wisdom and the way that he wants us to do it. So, you know, looking at the world the way it is right now, um, 
you know, I don't want us to be deceived. Uh, there is a lot of lies out there. There's a lot of uh, anything goes kind of thing. And are you being deceived? You're being lied to. Then there's a lot of stuff out there. So we need to know what the truth is. So this morning, uh, with your patience, it's not going to take very long, but I want to give you four things that will help us guard against deception and against the lies of the enemy. And knowing the truth, and the truth will do what? It will set us free. If we know the truth, then we have a place to stand, and we know there's freedom. So um, sometimes we don't think we're being deceived, but we are. And we need to be walking in truth. So it's, a, it's a good question to ask yourself. Um, there's a lot of voices, a lot of opinions. As PK said, you can go out there and Google almost anything, and you'll find out all kinds of things. But there is truth from lies, and there's uh, real from fantasy, and truth from propaganda. And, you know, there's always two sides to every story. You can see one thing, and if you don't know the other thing, it, this one will sound good to you, know the other thing, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but the Bible tells us in the last days, many will be deceived. Many will be led astray. And I don't want anybody here to be one of them. I at least want them to know the truth. I don't want you to be led astray. So throughout the scriptures, we're warned against the dangers of deception and lies. Now, the enemy started this clear from the beginning. You've got to remember this, and you've got to know exactly what you're dealing against. You've got to know what you're up against. Because that's our, our first thought, is knowing what you're up against. But just remember, he was an angel. So he's very well aware of the word of God. He's, he's aware of the workings of God. He's aware of the kingdom of God. He knows how that functions because he functioned in it. Did you catch it? He knows what goes on. He knows how that works. So because of that, he tries to twist and deceive on, on half-truths, small things, or, or just get you to reason in your own mind. So guarding against deception is what gets us in, in uh, if we get deceived, that's how we get in, into issues, okay? And so we, we really, I think the world knows there's a bunch of stuff going on, I mean, in the world today. I mean, who'd have thought? You know, there's people that they're going to demand one thing, and then when that happens, if they get what they want, the Bible says, remember the Israelites, they, they cried and whined, and God said he granted their request and gave them leanness of soul. I don't know about you, I don't mind being lean, but I don't want my soul to be lean. My mind, my will, my emotions, I want, my, I want that part of me to be full of God. And what happens is we buy the lie, and then, then they didn't like what they had. So there's a lot of stuff going out there. We, they want to do this. They want to do that. They want to take away the people that will protect you. They want to do, until they need protection, then they're going to be where are they going to go. There's a lot of that stuff happening right now. People really don't know because they're deceived. So, so to guard against that, you know, and that stuff happens, we don't really think about it all the time, but it can overtake us if we start dwelling on lies and what we put inside our belief system. So I'm asking again, I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to be lied to. The definition of deception means those who are deceived, they don't believe or know that they're deceived. They just believe that they're right because it's deception. You know, um, so it's important that we guard against that. And what we have to do that with the word, as PK said, that is, and we're gonna go through that here in just a minute and we'll make that more definite. But uh, that's where you're going to find the truth. That's where you're going to find everything that you need to know that is real and not fake is in the Word of God. So I'm going to give you four things to help keep you strong, help keep you free, and living in the truth. Are you okay with that? It's going to help keep you out of lies, and so we're going to get started. So the first one, our first thought, again, know what you're up against. 
Know what it is. Know the definition of deception. Know what it is not. We're going to talk about some of those things now. Um, anybody uh, can be subject to deception. If you think that you could never be deceived, you're already deceived. I mean, nobody here is immune. And PK said in the first service, she said, if the enemy would come to Jesus, the Son of God, and try to work against him, I'm just thinking that's the best company you can have. It's not like then you're untouchable. So knowing that, if you think you can't be deceived, you already are. So we have to guard our heart against it. We have to know the definition. It's essential to understand what it is not. If you do something wrong and you know it's wrong, that's not deception. That's stupidity. I mean, that's just, you know it's wrong. I'm not supposed to do that, and you do it anyway. That's just making a bad choice. That is following uh, the wrong voice, making a bad choice. That's a poor choice. There's a catch, because deception will tell you that there'll never be any consequence for what you're doing, good, bad, or indifferent. But how many knows that there's always a consequence? You, you will reap what you sow. So if you're obedient and you do what's right, there's good things that happen. If you are not, there's bad things. I mean, you... you reaping and sowing so uh true deception even goes deeper it's a wrong idea and sometimes we're convinced that that wrong idea is the truth and so timothy talks about that second timothy 4 3 and 4 for time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching hmm i put the hmm in there sorry <laughs> they'll follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will let uh, who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Itching ears. That's, I don't want to know. Just tell me what I want to hear. I don't want to know anything else. I like what, ooh, that sounds like a good thing to believe. Okay, everybody passes go, gets $200. And Monopoly is a very short-timed game. Who have ever played Monopoly, you can't get out of Monopoly till you're 56. <laughs> My kids would be, after a while, they're like, yeah, I'd say, you want to play Monopoly? And they, I think God would be like, no, because you'd be there till Jesus. I mean, we'd still be playing today. I wouldn't be here. I'd be playing Monopoly. <laughs> All right, that's just my own little, hmm. So um, what, what happens is people want a message restyled to them. They don't want to go with what the word says because that's, it's, it goes against what they want to do. When we're raising our children, our children always didn't want to do what we'd ask them to do. And so they would want to do what they wanted to do. Wouldn't, you know, it'd be great if the world was like, whatever you want to do, isn't that what we're trying to get accomplished here? Whatever feels good, do it. If, it, if you like to do it, it's right. Can't be wrong. It's just somebody else has a different opinion. You can have a different opinion because it's America and we're all different people. I get it. But this still doesn't take place of right or wrong. I don't set that level. God does. And so everything that I have to believe or that I know what I'm up against has to line up with the word of God. So that, the definition of deception is being swept away into believing a truth that you didn't believe previously. In other words, when you grew up, you know um, this was what you were taught. But then later you're like, oh, and this, somebody has a different take on it. Now, I'm not saying there can't be facts in that take, but remember the enemy. He's an, a fallen angel, so he's good about giving twistings. Did God say that, or is this what he said? And if you look at the account of Adam and Eve in the garden, you'll see even what they repeated to the enemy is not what God told them. 
you have to, you have to read it because they'll say things that God, God didn't say that, but that's what they repeated. So in their mind, so you ever have somebody tell you something and you interpret it one way? Oh, that's what they said. But that's not what they said. But that's the way you took it because we put it on a slant sometimes and we, we do that. And so the enemy is very good about that. And deception's very nature. It's a work of fear and it begins with questioning. So if you find a, a, a truth in the word and you go with that truth, the enemy comes in and this is what he's after. He's after, and remember the, the tale of the sowers and all the one sowed into this and one sowed into the rocks and one so what's the enemy after he's after the word sown so the enemy is after the word sown because that is not as much he's after you he's after the word sown because your belief system is built upon what is sown and what you believe so if you believe the truth that's where freedom comes because he can't stand up against the truth because he's powerless against the word but if he can get you to question the word sown, now he's got, a, he's got an angle. He's got a foot in. And that's what the world is going up against. And so we need to understand this has got to go past your human reasoning. It's okay to have questions. Don't get me wrong. You can't just, it's not the blind leading the blind. I think God wants you to ask questions. I, I, I do. I think he, he wants you to get deep into him, involved in him. He wants to know what you what you, you know, ask me, because the Holy Spirit is the, he's the mystery revealer, so he, he tells you those answers, and, and I think you need to be a, as Pastor Gary says, a Christian scientist, is that what he says, or spiritual scientist, where, you know, you start reading these, if you look at these different, you know, why did the fish and bread multiply, why did that happen, how, where were the fish before when Jesus said, throw it out on this side of the boat, what happened, how did that how did that come about? Why did the fish have the coin in his mouth? I mean, you need to start asking yourself because the kingdom works by laws. And if you know the laws, that means that it'll work for you. God doesn't arbitrarily just say, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm not blessing you. I'm not blessing you. I'm not blessing you. I'm going to... He doesn't do that. He works by the law of the kingdom. But your belief system has to be grounded on the word. Because that is the working of the kingdom. So um, deception will lead you away from that. That's what deception is after. That's how gossip starts. It spreads. People want to go out instead of up. You know, if you have an issue, we want to tell other people about it instead of just going to the person and says, is this what you mean? Or That's always fun, isn't it? It's not really fun, but yet it kind of stops everything. Um, and so just listening... To the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? I mean, if you're if you have offense, you know, you go to that person and you, and you work it out. That's it. People, are like, I don't want to do that. Well, then I can't help you. You know, I want to be blessed, but I don't want to tithe. I I can't help you because I know that if I tithe, I'm going to be blessed because the word says it. You lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So people think, okay, well, I put my faith in the laying on of hands. I have faith in laying on of hands. Too, but my faith isn't because they laid hands. My faith is because, listen to me, because the word says they lay hands on the sick. Did you catch it? You see, that is, you know, when, when you're laying on an ER table and I am a witness and there are people scattering all around you and they're going out to tell your wife he is having a heart attack. I don't know why, because he's not a candidate for it. He's in good shape, you know, and all of that stuff. You better call on something that you already have in there. 
I mean, and I, I wasn't being shy about it. I was, I was saying Jesus' name out loud. Jesus, I need you to help me. I thank you for your help. I need God. God, thank you. Guys, can you, can you do anything to you know, stop that? I told the one doctor, I said, I got an idea. He said, what's that? I said, knock me out. <laughs> That's what they did. <laughs> but, you know, it was just like pain that wouldn't stop. And, I, I, you know, so when you're in it, you, you start thinking to yourself, I'm not thinking about next weekend or next week or Christmas. Or I'm thinking about, God, I want to live through this moment. And get to the next moment. And that's a survival mentality. But you're right in the midst of it. So for that, when you are in those, and we all have situations in this life, you will have tribulation. you got to pull and draw from something. So what are you going to draw from? It's like your bank account. If you put nothing in your savings account, you can't go in there and say, I'd like to withdraw some money. They'd be like, there's nothing in there. The, the, we got to understand that the battle is won before the game is played. I mean, when they win a Super Bowl, yeah, they won it on that day, yes. But you know how they won it? They learned what they needed to know before they got there. And they played it out. They walked it out. And so that's what we... So our, our second thought is we got to get our head in the game. Get our head in the game. Life is full of decisions based on what you believe. This is real important. you got to make up your mind first and decide what you will believe to know as the truth. Do you know what I'm saying? There's people, I've, I've gotten arguments about people that are, that'll say this. They'll say, you know, I don't believe this. I don't believe that God wants you to tithe and this and that. You know what? I've seen too much. I've seen the word work. I've seen this happen. I've seen us sow seed that I didn't want to sow because I'm like, what? And it'd be a large amount, thousands of dollars. And I'm like, I, we don't know. But the Lord would tell me again, and then I'd see things that would happen that there's no way I could have orchestrated. That God came up, people knocked on our door and said, I'm supposed to give you this for Christmas? Because I said, God, what am I going to do for Christmas? If I sell all this money, i got no Christmas, can't buy a car, can't do this. And God took care of all of it. It is amazing. Now, I, you know, I'm telling you things that I'm just telling you from truth. I'm telling you stuff where, you know, even if you have questions, you know that God still loves you doesn't change his love because you have a question. Even if you don't agree with him, he can't love you anymore. I sat in church before just when it comes to giving, and I just, you know, I didn't want, I mean, things were tough. I was in a survival, you ever been, you probably have been, survival mode. You know, we were going to go home, have uh, West Virginia round steak. You know what that is, bologna. <laughs> you know, and we didn't have hardly any, the tank on the car is empty you know we, we had enough to get to church where you're like oh god i don't know what we're gonna do and you're just thinking what are we gonna do and the offering plate we had the, and i've told the story so I'll, I'll be quick we had the gold plates and the lord i heard him in here i didn't hear him audibly this time but i heard him say put ten dollars take your ten dollars out because that's all i had i mean that was going to be like five dollars for gas five dollars for white bread and bologna and you know what i mean i'm like i don't have any more god I mean, unless my wallet produces money, you know, Willy Wonka, where's my golden ticket? I don't know. And he, and he said again, put it in. Well, then you, you know, guys, it's important that you marry a godly woman. I turned to her and said, you want to put the money in? She's like, put it in. Get thee behind me. You know? So what are you saying? No. 
So I literally, this is what I did. And this is not even an exaggeration. I pulled the money out of my wallet and they passed those plate around. And I took that $10 and this is what I did. Give with a cheerful heart, I always say. <laughs> and I threw that money in there. I didn't say anything to anybody. She's the only one that knew about it. I didn't say anything to anybody. But God was trying to teach me something. And we got out of church, and there was an old gentleman that came up to me. And I, well, I'm saying old, older. Okay? Um, and he came up, and he said, Brother Brett. And I turned around, and I can't remember what his name is. I said, hey, how are you? And I'm very nice said, I want to shake your hand. So I shook his hand, and inside his hand, I felt something. And he pulled his hand away, looked at me, and winked, and he walked out the door. And inside his hand was $10. And as soon as I opened the $10, the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, I can get it back to you just as quick as you can give it. And I was like, what? And so my journey began to continue on getting my head in the game and knowing what God was telling me. We started, we got called into ministry, and I'm like, Lord, I do not even have, I mean, I had corduroy jeans and cowboy boots. That's, you know, how I got her, I don't know. You know, I mean, that's grace of God right there. I just stand beside her, and I can win people to Jesus. You don't believe God's real? Check it out. <laughs> so, I mean, so we, you know, I didn't understand kingdom principles, didn't understand what I understand now. Didn't understand sowing and reaping. I was a pretty new Christian. I mean, you know, so, and I, we were just married, and so is it, I don't know. So, I mean, I, I think I, I don't know if we sowed money, or a, I sowed a button, or something, but I said, if you want me to be in ministry, then you're going to have to give me some clothes. And I put it in the thing. She knew about it. I knew about it. Nobody else knew about it. My dad didn't know about it. My mom, her mom, nobody knew. Because, you know, if you tell your parents, they'd probably be like, here, let me go buy you some clothes or whatever. Like I was going to preach naked. No, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> so, you know, we didn't say anything to anybody. And I literally kind of forgot, I mean, that we sowed that. And in my mind, I'm just kind of like, okay. And it was just over a week, maybe two at the most, somebody came up to me, handed me a check that said, I, you're going to think I'm nuts, but I'm supposed to give you this for clothes. And it, um, for, you know, clothes for ministry. And the check was for $500. Man, I looked at that check. I looked at Kim and was like, what? And so as God has taken me on this journey, I... He connected me with Pastor Gary and, you know, his stories of how the kingdom works was a whole new world to me. Then it started making sense how this stuff, how I had tapped into it before and things started happening, but I didn't really understand it. And I thought, I'm going to try this and just to see. And sure enough, God would do things incredible, but I had to get my head in the game. In this day and time with deception, you've got to get your head in the game. You've got you to know what you believe and know why. First uh, Timothy 4.16 says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what's right in the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. So you're going to have to prepare ahead of time. Because if you know what you know is true, then you can't be deceived. People would come up and say, that's not true. I've seen too much. I know it's true. You're not going to sway me. I have people that are good friends of mine now. that They don't believe in certain things like that. They just, I don't believe that's what the Bible says. I'm, like, I'm looking right at it. Well, I take it a different way. Take it however way you want it. 
but I know it works because I've seen too much. You cannot sway me from the truth because I have freedom from that. So when we take heed, like we just read in that scripture, it means to beware, perceive, consider carefully. It's not to scare you, but it's trying to prepare you. There's going to be things come down the pike like are right now that are just not true. But the world is going to put pressure on you to believe the way that they want you to believe. But we have to be able to discern and be accurate on what we do. That's the spirit of God inside of us. Guarding against lies and deception, being proactive, knowing what we believe. So when it comes to, to voting this year, don't vote for looks or because they're smooth. I'm a smooth operator. Don't do that. Vote for what they stand for. The one that stands closest to the word, that's the one that's going to get my vote. That's it. You know, that's how we stand. So to the best of our ability, we need to be ready because you're going to be faced with all kinds of decisions. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? How do you get ready? You get ready by the word of God. I'm going to let God lead me. Well, if I cast my care on him, he cares for me. You know, I found this out is, is if I cast my care on God and then I do the work, then I just, I worry because then he can't work because I'm trying to do it for him. But if I rest, he works. If I work, he rests. He does a lot better job than me. So I have to figure this out, you know, so that I have to peel away the things that I'm not supposed to do and focus on what I'm supposed to do. I get my head in the game. I'm not going to let CNN, Fox, and the world, and, and the Democratic Party, or the Republican Party, or, or you know, whatever is going on... I, I'm not sticking my head in the sand, but I have to be led and, and grounded by the word of God. My fellowshipping with Christ is far more important than my fellowshipping with anybody else. Um, and, you know, and quickly, um, you know, I, I do my devotions in the morning, and I, I do several that I do. And I had one that this guy is not, not a spiritual devotion, but a leadership devotion, because as a pastor, I'm involved in leadership and I want to make the best decisions and, and help people do the best they can do and be the best they can be. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was kind of, you know, it's, good, it's a good podcast. I mean, there's nothing bad. Every once in a while, I know the guy's not a, a, like a really full-bore believer. He does mention God quite often, but he'll curse from time to time. And, and, and sometimes it'll be a view to me as a little more secular and... So, you know, I'm not crazy about that. Well, I was struggling with some of that. And again, not that it was bad, but it was just, you're going to need to listen to the word of God because in some of that stuff, you're going to have to pull yourself away. I have to make this. If I stayed, Brett, would heaven and earth, you know, shake? No. But again, I have to be careful thinking ahead of time what I'm feeding in my belief system that's going to taint or try to fight. Why do I want to fight against stuff that I already know is true? If the word is already said is true, I don't, need, I don't need anybody speaking into my life that is not taking that stance, if that makes sense. So PK came up to me and she said, do you still listen to this podcast? I said, I do. And she said, I just don't want anything to take the place of the strongness of God in your life, which was confirmation to me that I was you know, I was already like, uh, and so I, I unsubscribed from that, and then I took what I, I have a journal, 
and then I've used my journal in a different way now. And I told her, I said, man, I like, I like this much better. Now, I'm only telling you that to say, do you understand that not everything is bad, but not everything is what you need all the time at the time? There were times that that podcast ministered to me and helped me, but yet it wasn't really speaking to my, to my spirit, soul, body, mind, but yet gave me some great leadership things that I could give to my team. That's fine. That's what it's used for. Would I use it again? Yeah, at the right time or at, as God told me to, but not as a constant voice in my fellowship. Does that make sense? So get my head in the game and say, okay, God, what do I need to strip away? What do I need to keep? Um, and, you know, we're, we live in a time now, and I, I'm going to say this, and I, I want you to hear me because I love people. Jesus loves people. You know, back in Jesus' day, he dealt with some of the very same things we deal with today. Um, really, he did. <laughs> did he not love people? No, he still loves them no matter what. But in society today and all the stuff going on, there's pushes and everything that however you decide to live, whatever lifestyle you have or whatever is okay. According to the word, that's not how that runs. That's not how that is. So my stance on that would be what the word says. So, Brett, do you love people? Absolutely. If someone decides to go alternate lifestyle, are they welcome here? Yes, they are. Are you going to change your belief? Absolutely not. Are you going to preach the word? Yes, I will. Um, what am I going to tell them? I'm going to tell them I love them. God loves them. I'm not going to judge them. I'm still going to love them, but the Bible's already laid that pretty clear. That is how it is. I can't change that. Even if I wanted to change that for them, I can't do that. I didn't. God wrote the word. He is the word. So that's the truth. So I can analyze things till, till the cows come home. I can try to put my own opinion or my own spin on it, but then I can set myself up for deception. I have to take the word for what God put it. That is the measuring stick. Uh, that is God's word. Luke 21, 8 says, Don't let anyone mislead you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and saying the time has come, but don't believe them. So there's a lot of stuff going on now. There's a lot of people that are, you know, are you afraid? Well, he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Now, I remember, you know, laying on the table a week ago, I can't say that I, you know, I, I didn't have any fear, I don't, but I don't remember being afraid of where I was going. Pretty much that was settled. Knew that, um, you know, but quite honestly, I didn't want to go yet. So I'm, I didn't want to leave her or leave my kids or my grandkids and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I get that, but God didn't give me a spirit of fear. But what I am thankful for as I reflect back on that is in that time, there wasn't a question inside me of what was going to happen to me. I don't know if that, you know, how that will go across or not, but uh, you need to get your head to prepare ahead of time for the, everybody in here, in this life, you will have tribulation. I mean, it's just part of it. The, the devil came after Jesus. He's going to come after you. You know, he's going to try to mess you up. He's going to try to mislead you. He's going to try to lie to you. He's going to try to tell you, you know, you can accept this alternate lifestyle. You can do, abortion is okay. No, it's not okay. It's murder. The Bible is clear about those things. And, and again, God loves people, and it's okay. We love people. So well, when I say it's okay, I just meant, you know what I mean. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm saying the Bible states what is okay. We go with that, but we love people. Yeah. 
Here's our third thought, and then PK, you can jump in here anytime. The word is the plumb line. So everything that happens, you know, I make those statements because it's in the word. <laughs> but I'm not making them like nana nana boo boo. Let me tell you something. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying this is my stance because the word says it. And again, going back to do you believe the action? I believe the action is true because the word says it. If they lay hands on the sick, they recover. Why? Because the word says that. So that goes back. The word is the plumb line. Everything is compared. So um, I can get my answer from the word of God. I have many people who ask me. Well, we had, I remember somebody that came up to PK, and she may want to expound on that, but said, God never talks to me. I never can hear God. I wish I could hear God like you and Pastor can hear God. He never talks to me. And uh, PK had told her, she said, do you, do you open your Bible? Oh, yeah, read it every day. So she took her to the scripture. In the beginning was the word. We're just with God. The word was God. So he's talking to you. Sometimes just seeing something from a different viewpoint that's God's viewpoint will open your eyes to go, I get it. I mean, there's some things that God will say to me that I never saw before. I always saw them as something else. And then it's almost like Claritin Clear commercial. What? That's peeled back, and I'm like, you're kidding. I mean, stuff, as far as the kingdom and stuff, I'm like, oh, my word, that's exactly, that is exactly true. That is exactly true. And then, it, it, then my belief then is grounded, and I can believe whatever God says because he said it, and I know him to be true. There's times that we have sown and, and done whatever or been obedient. You know, when we moved, let me, let me say this. When we moved to start this church, I lived in a house that had 16 acres up against hundreds of other acres. If you know me, I'm an outdoorsman. I was an Eagle Scout, loved to hunt, loved to go out in the woods. I could spend all day out there just like Kim could go all day shopping. You know? <laughs> so, I know. I'm not afraid to use it. So he's telling us to come back. We had horses. I mean, I love horses, dogs and horses, my two favorite animals, you know. So I'm, I'm like, I had horses. I had woods. I got a beautiful wife. We had a great home. We put a pool out there, had a deck. Kids were happy. We were happy, you know, and God's like, it's time come back here and start a church. Huh? So, you know, all that happened, and I remember the kids like, Dad, where are we going to live? I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know. I just would tell them, the Lord has all that, son. He'll, as we walk it out, he'll show us. Zach was just, he was all concerned about that. He said, but Dad, I like it here. I like it here too. Well, why are we moving? Because he wants us to move. Where are we going to live? I don't know. God will work all that out. And this is his words. He goes, I don't want to live in a shack. Pretty funny for a kid that pays nothing for anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you go into a drive-thru, they want to eat like Rockefeller if you're paying. If they're paying, I'll take the uh, nuggets. But if I'm paying, I'll give me 14 doubles and 17, you know. But, I mean, he, uh, the great kids. But God provided. He showed us as that opened up. And, and uh, we lived in 
probably the most beautiful home uh, at the time that we'd ever had. We just loved it. And matter of fact, Malone's bought it. So they're in our shack right now. What's well, now? It's their shack. Yeah, and she's like, you ain't getting it back, neither. <laughs> I don't want it back. It's all good. But I mean, you know, I mean, it was just amazing. I remember telling my son, I said, what do you think of the shack? And he's just, he just smiles. And I mean, but he saw God walk that out with us being obedient to that. So during that whole time, when we are waiting on what God is doing, there's a lot of deception and lies trying to hit your brain, trying to get you to play ball in another direction. And you got to decide who you're going to believe. You know, there's people out there that will cause deceit. They'll pressure you to accept a truth as valid, something that's not true. They'll give you a half-truth on something and, and try to say, how can that be true in this? And try to get you to question everything. I said in the first service, I had a guy that I worked with that just got mad because I just believed the word because it was the word, period. But you don't have any facts. The fact is, it's in the word. That's, that's all I need. Now, that's a great thing, and you can say, oh, I, I can't believe like that. But, you know, if I didn't understand, I'd ask God. I'd go and ask him. And that, he, There's so many things I want to say. There's so many things that are just like... <clears throat> things that, <clears throat> that are just... The Lord would show me to be true, but they were based on the word. I don't want you to be deceived just because somebody says they're a believer. Love them. But it says by their fruits. So when we vote for candidates or when we do whatever, we're, we're, we're not judging in that respect, but we are just letting God show us that line. You know, um, everything needs to be based on the word. If you want to walk in freedom, then base it on the word. Am I an expert at it? No. I'm getting better at it, though. Um, you see, deception doesn't want you to believe sowing and reaping. You, people think they can plant apple seeds and get peaches. Not going to happen. If you sow hate, you're going to get hate. If you sow love, you get love. Sowing and reaping. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, there is sowing and reaping. You have to understand, Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. That is a law of the kingdom. We cannot be snot balls to everybody that you want to be and expect to not get snot back at you. You will get snot. <laughs> Those watching online, yes, that's true. I said that. So you're going to have to embrace then, then what, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let God do that. You know, I have people that have argued with me. Well, if God is so loving, if God is love, how can he send people to hell? I get it. Seems like a valid question, but I said, what if God says, you don't have to go to hell? And they say, I don't want to go the way that you've made so that I don't have to go to hell. So who's really sending them then? And they're like, ah. Oh. I had a guy that he got, he got so mad at me because he said, do you believe in dinosaurs? I said, we have the bones to prove they're dinosaurs. He said, Brett, millions, billions of years old, according to the Bible, this is how old the earth is, and that doesn't make sense. And 
So, you know, I, I, I couldn't answer his question. This is one day. So I said, but I'll talk to you tomorrow. He said, okay. And he laughed and made fun of me. And I went home and I went back the next day. And so we're on break, and he asked me that question. He said, why do you believe the word, you know, the word of God so much, and why, you know, this doesn't, the facts are this. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, okay. I said, let's talk about Adam. He said, okay. So I said, how about Adam? How old was Adam? When God created Adam, how old was he? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, was he 10? Was he a boy? Was he a man? He said, a man. I said, 25, fair guess. He goes, okay, 25. okay. So when God created Adam, he's 25. If you were to do a study of Adam's bones, how old would the bones say to support that structure? He goes, well, you just said how old he was. He said, well, the bones would have to say he's 25. I said, did he walk on the earth 25 years? He said, no. I said, well, if God created him and say he's 25, then his bones would say he's 25, but he just got created that day. Hmm. And he goes, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> but I got that answer from going back and going home and saying, God, how do I, what do I tell this guy? Because the spirit of God inside you is the spirit of truth. And he will lead you, the Bible says, in all truth. So when we do that, and knowing that we sow and reap and all of that, but we can find answers, you know, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean, you know, sometimes, we all grew up with this, my mom's not here today, my dad's sitting in the back, but one of my mom's favorite sayings growing up was, and you can finish it for me, because I, help me Jesus. How many times growing up did I ask her why, why can I climb that tree? Because why do I have to eat the spinach with vinegar on it? Why do we eat Braunschweiger? Because they serve that in hell. You're kind of like, you're too easy, Gibby, because I said so. Um, so I get it. But just understanding that faith and, you know, sometimes she told me, don't do this because there was... I couldn't grab everything that would happen. You know, she, she didn't tell me, you know, go take these scissors and run as fast as you can with them. Go run in the street, play dodgeball with the cars. It'll be fun. She didn't say anything like that because she knew I would probably do it. But <laughs> I caused my mom. I had a lot of fun, which explained a lot. We used to, when the mosquito truck came by at night, we'd go out there and play. Woo, the mosquito truck. <laughs> Probably explains a lot right now, doesn't it? <laughs> but, you know, she would tell me, don't do that because there are people that don't look where they're driving or they don't look for kids to jump out between parked cars and don't do that because she's for my safety. So the quickest, easiest route, if I'm heading out the door, don't do that. Why? Because I said so. Sometimes God will just, if you're not taking time to listen to him, he might just be saying, don't do that because I said so. And if you take the time, he'll explain why he said so, or you can find it and, and examine it in the Word. You know, here's a fact, uh, if you want to know. Something valid is not absolute in itself. It's a fact. COVID-19 is real. There's people that have died from COVID-19. There's been, uh, you know, that's a fact. The truth 
of, of this, though, listen to this. The truth is Jesus bore COVID-19 on the cross. So every sin, sickness, disease, every infirmity, Jesus already paid for. So the truth of the matter is I'm healed because of what Jesus did. So that is what I base my belief on, the truth. You know, so they have facts about a lot of things, and sometimes they, they change. But the truth is the truth. And so we, we understand that. So now it's not a threat to me. When I'm on the, this is true, and then uh, PK, I'm, I'm about, I'm, I've got one more point and I'm done. I'm laying on the uh, ER table, and they tested me for COVID-19. I'm laying there, got my eyes closed, and then I feel something sticking up my nose, going to the back of my head and saying, hi there. <laughs> I was not happy. I said, get that out of my nose. You don't need to do that. And they said, I'm sorry, Mr. Gleason, we have to do this. And I said, it's going to come back negative. And then a few minutes, they get that result. And I, remember, I can hear them, and they said, well, he's right. It's negative. I wanted to go, duh. It's my chest that's hurting. Take care of that. <laughs> but, uh, but when you when you start standing, you start believing, and then God, you start finding peace in the truth. Father, I thank you that, that you have bore every sickness for me. I don't I don't have to receive that. I can receive your healing. So our last thoughts: you got to act. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It's going to take your faith. You're going to have to live by faith. You're going to have to live what you believe. You're going to have to live your life on purpose for a purpose. You're going to have to walk this out. In this life, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have to make choices based on what you believe. You know, so when it comes down to that, again, you're going to have to pull out of stuff you've already put in there. They win the game on practice. They play it on game day, and they win it that day, yes, but they actually knew what to do because they made all of the stuff deposited before the game played you you can't go to your bank account unless it's got money in it to withdraw from it so you you stick the word in your heart so in the in the room if you ever have to be in the room and i pray that you don't but you got something to pull from they weren't supposed to let her back but she was back there and she was she had a hold of my hand and had my her hand on my shoulder i could hear her praying in in tongues in her prayer language, and she said she was. She had her mask on, and I guess she was saying, "I bind you," you know. And then she said, "I hope the doctors weren't trying to tell me. I think I was binding you. I was." <laughs> but you know, just the note she was in there, and she was praying, and I was calling out to God, and she was calling out to God, and God. It's not like God is like, eh. Well, you know what? He was listening. All the time I was in ICU, they were all saying, "You shouldn't be here." All your levels are great. We don't usually get people. You're in good health. You, da, 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 da. I'm thankful for the Lord for that. But the fact is, I'm still on the table. I don't want to be on the table. And God willing, I'm not going to be on the table again. You know, but as my son said, Dad, now we know how more accurately to pray and to believe and for this to happen. Um, and so it is something that you, know, you walk out. We have to know the truth. If you live by faith, the enemy, you know, is going to try to get you deceived. He's going to try to get everybody deceived. There's always going to be challenges in the world. There's people who are going to say, well, this, this, makes, uh, this makes me feel good. This feels right to me. Well, I get it. There's a lot of things that make me feel good, but they're still not right. Is it in the Word? If it's in the Word, what does the Word say? So I've got to get my head in the game. I've got to let the Word be my plumb line. I've got to know what I'm up against, and I've got to act this thing out. I've got to put that in action. Do you know that OxyClean doesn't work if you don't spray it on the stain? 
you want God to help you, it doesn't work if you don't take the word and put it to use. This is a say covenant. That's why we have the power to bind and loose. Jesus gave us the keys to the kingdom. You know how he got them? Because Adam gave them to the enemy, and Jesus went back when he got on the cross and took them back. I'll take those, please. You know, so he comes back and says, all power is given unto me, and now I'm giving it to you. Do you believe it? And when you start walking in that, and you act out what you believe, because it's part of your system, it's just part of who you are, part of your DNA. The enemy's going to lie to you. He's going to say, get you to reason things out. He's going to get you to expect defeat, failure, sickness, disease. This is just part of the plan. This is, this. you know, they had no idea why I was there. They didn't know, because I don't. I don't have any of the symptoms that should be happening, yet they call the one artery that was closed, 99%, they said, the Widowmaker. That's a fun name. <laughs> but there's a reason they called that. So man brings up that name, and they're like, we don't, we don't know. So the only thing they can figure is, could be genetic or something like that, but you know, this is where we're at now. They, you know, we're believing and expecting a full recovery, and I think that's what they're, they're thinking as well. But again, the enemy is going to try to tell you it's over. This is done. Blah, blah, blah. And you've got to start. Why were you here? What makes you tick? What is the purpose that God has got you? What do your kids, what are they looking at? What are they, I mean, are you, what, what is it? How are you modeling the things of God? What could you do that makes some changes? You know, and I got to say this, and I'm not saying this because I'm all that in a bag of chips because I ain't. But I got to say, the man on the table is still the man sitting in the chair. I hadn't changed. There wasn't some revelation that was just, oh, now I've, you know. No, I'm, I went in there and I came out knowing, you know, when I was done, I just was like, okay. So now I'm up against the fight. It's different when you're looking behind the rock and you're seeing somebody else fight the fight. But when you are in the fight, you gotta, you got to act this out because now it's on. You've come this close. You, you're coming to try. Are you coming to try to take me out? Is that what's going on? So now, okay, this, what am I believing? So now the fight is on. And that's where two or more are gathered. Then, then you see, you know, Rocky had Mickey in his corner. I tell you, Rocky, you got him. You're, you know. I, I got Kim in my corner, and she's like, you know, it's going to be all right. God has got this, and she's praying in tongues, and she's calling healing. She's breaking and binding death. She is, I mean, and she's not being shy about it. She doesn't care. She does not care what the nurses or doctors think. And I will interject this. Um, I don't even know how many people were around him. There, was, there were people at his head and his feet and all around, and at one point... Um, I drove myself to, it was not a good day, but yeah. But there was someone doing a readout of his heart activity, and the person reading that out, he said, he said, are you seeing this? His numbers are stabilizing. And he turned to me, and he said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. So I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That is a testimony. And I, I don't know if I had told you that yeah, or not. Yeah, I remember you saying that. But God is so good. But, you know, are you willing are you willing to really fight for what you believe in? Or is it just a facade? Is it just a myth? Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. 
who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible to him who believes. The victory that overcomes the world is my faith. God always causes me to triumph. Those things, those declarations, those things in your mind, you got to pull them from somewhere. You got to pull them from that bank that you put the deposits in so that when you go and say, I need to make a withdrawal, and God says, we got a full account here. Let's do this. Because greater is he that's in me, and it is about your free will and your willingness to obey and walk in faith, to know what you're up against, get your head in the game, let the word be the plumb line, but, but, Brett, you'll offend them if they can't live this way or they believe this is right. They can believe whatever they want. They have a free will. But your belief, what you have to stand to God for, is what is in this book. And so do they. That's what you have to do. Now I'm going to finish with this and I'm done. You can let the truth set you free. Now, I love my children and my, my family, my extended family. My nephew, Matt, is there today. Love him. Happy birthday, by the way. And, uh, you know, I watched them grow up, wrestled with him a lot. He has taken literally my breath away at times, <laughs> diving off couches when I wasn't knowing it and hitting me, you know, and then laughing because I was, he pretty much beat me. But, uh, you know, so I love my children. I've always played with my kids. My grandkids are coming over today because we're going to celebrate Father's Day today. And my kids and my grandkids will be over. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see them. But when they were growing up, we would tell them, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And, and they would be, they'd get all excited because my kids in ministry, they have been their best friends their whole life. They've, they've lived together as a family. We've, you know, we've conquered and tackled everything together. And then I'd say, you know, I'd say, we're going on a picnic tomorrow, we're, you know, or whatever. And Mallory, you know, who led worship, she, she would just, she'd look at me and she'd have that, that cute little face. She would always try to get the boys to to go out and play Anne of Green Gables and all that stuff, you know. And Sam would do it. Zach would be like, I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> but she would look at me, and they would all be right there, and she would kind of be the spokesperson most of the time, you know, because she was the oldest. And she'd look at me, and she'd go, Daddy? I'd say, yeah. And she goes, do you promise? And I'd say, yep, I promise. We're going to do a picnic tomorrow or when I get home or whatever. She would go, yes. And she'd turn around, and she goes, remember, Daddy always keeps his promises. Now, I'm telling you that story to say this. She would base her whole system on my word. Her whole life and world was based on when he gets home. And she'd be the kind of kid that'd be like she'd be folding napkins and she'd get everything ready of what she thought she could do to help that be better. So when we come home, she'd go, Daddy, and I'd be, oh, we're going get, to get getting ready. And she'd be like, yes. And the boys would be like, yeah. And they'd have a big parade. And daddy promised, daddy promised. You know, whatever that was. My point is this. You want to be free? You have his word on it. And you can talk to him and go, daddy. And he'll be, I promised. And you can turn to anybody you want and say, my daddy always keeps his promises. And watch God do what God does. You'll never be the same. I'm so glad you're with us today. We love you. We thank God for you. We're going to do an altar call. Let's do that. Do you have anything else you need? All right. Well, let's bow our heads and close our eyes.